college athlete, this is for you. There's never been a time where it's been more necessary to have valuable encouragement, leaders, mentors, people in your life who are grounded in their faith, who have walked your journey, walked your path, had the same struggles, the same temptations, same challenges that you're facing today. And this episode is going to equip you, encourage you, empower you to rise up above the noise, to rise up above the distractions that you're seeing every day as a Christian on a college campus in a high-profile environment of being a collegiate athlete. You're faced with some unique challenges. So these episodes are definitely going to be something that builds you up, that somewhat insulate you from some of the attacks and some of the things that are around you that are trying to separate you from God or separate you from your faith. So I hope that this episode changes the way you see yourself, your situation, your surroundings, your environment. I hope it changes the way you walk out your faith, and I hope that you walk away different than when you walked in uh, from this episode. So be encouraged, be blessed, and understand that you're not alone in this, and these guests on these shows have walked the same path, and they're here to encourage you and let you know you can win. So stay grounded in your faith, stay faithful to being that Christian example, and watch how others follow you. Be blessed. Last in line nation. Hey, welcome to another episode. Uh, Project 222 is kicking in hot and heavy today because we've got a big time heavy hitter guest uh, today. And I'm excited because, you know, I grew up in Oklahoma. So this is kind of near and dear to my heart to talk to an ex OU Sooner football player. So this is going to be awesome. Um, you know, as we talk about Project 222, though, in all seriousness, this is really for ex athletes who have been in the middle of the grind that you are as a current college athlete and they know the tests, they know the pressures, they know the struggles, distractions. And so hopefully we're going to get some encouragement on what you guys can do practically, tactically, where you guys can strategize and kind of bond together and walk this thing out as, as believers in Christ on the college campus in a high profile role of an, of an athlete. So I bring you today, the Trey Millard. Uh, he is a legend in the football, Oklahoma football community. So Trey was a big uh, four-time All-Big 12 selection, uh, freshman All-American honorable mention, which is really huge if you can think about a blue blood program like Oklahoma. Um, voted captain two years, two-time Big 12 champion, two-time BCS bowl winner, um, drafted into the NFL in the seventh round uh, by the 49ers. What was that back in 13, 14, 14, yeah. 14. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he's also stayed connected with uh, sooner athletics being um, a media personality with sooner vision. Uh, OU's uh, media outlet. He is currently involved in medical sales right now. Um, orthopedic specifically, and is a very active member in his church uh, with his wife and kids wife Abby, who is due in November with their third son, and then two uh, two little guys, Lucas and Kason. So, man, I couldn't be more honored and privileged to welcome Trey Millard to the show. 
Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to hop on here and uh, talk a little Jesus, a little bit of football with you. That's right, man. Uh, couldn't be a better grouping, Jesus and football, <laughs> OU football to be specific. Yeah. Uh, but I'm in South Texas, so I got to watch myself for a second. Uh, got to be got to be neutral here. No. Yeah. Uh, but no, you played with OU, what, 2010 to 2013, I think. Um, yep. Played with some greats and played under one of the greatest, uh, Bob Stoops. And um, – Man, Trey, I told you kind of off air what we were going to do today, and it's a little bit off script, and you kind of have to be the guinea pig on something for me. We're going to do a quick lightning round so the audience can kind of get to know you and your personality. And I call it, so you're going to enlighten us, and it's the N lightning round. So these three categories are going to start with the letter N. All right, so we're going to go fast and furious here. Um, Nutrition. What is your favorite food and tell us why? Um, super healthy. Uh, dumpling essentially cooked with flour. It's called slickers. Um, it's my, my grandma's made it. It's a homemade recipe that, uh, that me and my wife had a couple of fights early on in our relationship because she couldn't figure out how to, how to cook it. And she's the cook in the house and I've, I don't know how to cook it, but, uh, she had to get notes and there's obviously no, uh, uh, there's no recipe to it, but um, I love it. It's my favorite. I mean, I guess in marriage counseling, whenever they ask what's the key contributor to your arguments and dysfunction, you to say slickers, I don't think they would understand, but I get what you're saying, man. I mean, yeah. did she figure it out though? Has she oh, figured yeah. it out? Yeah. Oh, oh, she's wow. got it. Now it's a big, now she cooks them with, with uh, the kiddos and it's a big uh, hoopla and it's, they, they love it too. So, so is good. that to so give me context? So you're from Missouri, am I right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Is that, is that where your family still is? And that's where this tradition kind of happened, this recipe? I've never heard of this. Yeah. So most of my family's from uh, St. Louis and then uh, I was born and raised in Columbia, just West okay. you know, two hours where the university's at. And um, I'm not really sure where the recipe originally comes from. My family is from Croatia and um, oh, cool. that side of the family who, who makes that. And uh, it's, I guess we can say it's from there because it sounds cool. That's awesome. Being something I guess from around here, but yeah, well, it's, it's great. I, Grandma loved it, made them, and we always always tease my mom that hers tastes better because there's more love in them. But uh, oh, there you go, there you go. Be so, careful there. Be careful. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you it won't be on any keto diet coming to a theater near you. <laughs> no, I can no, promise you. All right, so the next one here, let's get uh, fast and furious. So nuisance. This is interesting. So being a football guy, who was the biggest nuisance to play against, team or individual? Um, kind of similar to the, to the, the, the teams nowadays, uh, Kansas state was always tough, man. They were just, they were, they were a tough team to play. They're always well coached. We're going to make a ton of mistakes. And so, um, as they've got our number the last couple of years, they were, they were tough. They stole, uh, they stole, stole one from us at home, uh, when, when I was playing as a junior. Um, so they were always kind of a tricky team. Don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. Uh, no, I hear you. And, you know, Bill Snyder has been known to just kind of bore you to sleep and before you know it you're two touchdowns down to a team that isn't isn't sexy on paper right but um i hear what you're saying so a nuisance we got can't stay okay anybody there though in your time that was just a just rough just to to play against any one of their players that you remember that stood out to you uh on any of those kansas state teams that beat you guys no no big names really ever for them not a whole i mean other than darren sproles right and kevin yeah there's there's actually there's a couple kids from baylor who i really didn't really like uh their personalities uh okay more of that okay 
but I'm, I I was taught uh, from a coach at one point to uh, always just say that their numbers, not names. Uh, he's just right. like, it's like there's there's nothing personal right yeah don't, yeah don't ever don't ever remember them too much never don't ever think about them too deep and i, I was yeah. just actually scared kind of in some of the press conferences when talking about uh the teams we were going to play like the week the next week i was like i was always scared they were going to talk about some big time player who i should know their name and i'd always just be like oh that's oh you mean number 12 like you know you mean number this? like that's all right oh strong safety that's, pretty, uh, that's what you're talking about like uh, that's right, that's right. how i'm just trying to remember i'm just you know that's pretty just, cool now <laughs> that's a good way to look at it definitely uh, so the last one here for the ends on the end lightning round, uh, getting to know Trey Millard here. It's uh, the the third one is never. So I've never done this, but would love to. So just because we're talking about you know faith and all that, I've uh, I've never really given a full like sermon. Not like so I've, mm-hmm. I've spoken at our church a bunch, uh, spoken at FCA a bunch um i've done like the full 30 minutes that's like with a group or i've came up and given my testimonial right but i've been like hey like bulletproof thesis of a sermon versus the backup theology yeah and delivered it for like talking 30 minutes in a row and that actually terrifies me uh but uh i've been talking to my i talked to my pastor this morning and that's what kind of the thought came to mind is, is he's awesome. been wanting me to do a little bit of that and it's uh, nerve-wracking but uh, I'd, I'd definitely like to it is it is i'd love to hear how that goes because i no doubt you'll be able to do it multiple times it's coming soon uh all right man so we're gonna dive in man we've got we're talking about project 222 is the name of this and it's out of second uh, timothy 22 and it's all about building and investing in people and where paul's talking to timothy he says take what i've taught you teach it to faithful men so that they can teach others also and so things that you learned going through in one of the biggest, highest profile football programs in the country and being a prominent contributor to that team, of course. Um, Man, there's a lot of things I'm sure you saw, had to deal with, had to overcome, had to press in and lean in and press through. So, man, let's start off with mentors and leaders that you were around, that you were able to maybe pull a couple things from and adopt as your own down the road. But talk about some of those people and how, what made them, what made you gravitate to them as leaders? Um, the first is uh, Landry Jones, who was quarterback there for um, the year before I got there. And then um, three years, my freshman through junior year, mm-hmm. um, he was kind of the guy in the locker room who uh, set up Bible studies, who invited guys to come, uh, share the word, talk about what was on their hearts. Um, also spent just time, just the two of us talking about faith and, and, and things like that. And so definitely a strong mentor for me, especially early on of um, kind of staying uh, kind of locked in and kind of focusing on other things more than just uh, football and school, which is, you know, what, what you're there to do for the most part. And so um, definitely got to kind of help keep perspective and help lead that locker room uh, and that, mm-hmm. that kind of group of guys. And so uh, definitely thankful for him. Uh, Kent Bowles, who's the guy who uh, connected us, uh, right. who's a chaplain there, um, who has had some tumbles afterwards, but God's continued to work some incredible things in his life. And so we're still very close and still help out with some of the things that he's got going on in the faith and um, kind of rededicate my life uh, with him when we we're, when we're doing some things. I think we'll talk about a little bit later, but mm. um, so him as, as a chaplain, uh, being close, um, he's also kind of leader of the, the, FC, the FCA group. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, him and, and 
Jeremy Timms was another FCA guy in, in the area. We're, we're all great leaders that uh, on the faith side of things. For, for yeah. So, okay. So you and a couple or maybe a lot of other guys kind of hung together, connected, stayed kind of common in those like-minded, um, you know, areas of, of just faith. But what's the one leadership quality you show now or that you've adopted from some of those guys that one or two leadership qualities that's made you good, a good leader? Um, I think part of it's just kind of putting yourself out there, right? Like, uh, I mean, right now that we're in the sales role, I kind of feel that of uh, not being afraid to fail, not being afraid to have people tell you no. Um, and when they do, don't take it as a forever, right? Take it as a right now. Um, mm. I've kind of really stepped out, uh, really even in the last handful of years of, of reaching out to guys who uh, I'm friends with and kind of encouraging the church and uh, things like that, where it's on a personal level with friends that uh, I'm close to or having some hard times and some things and who I knew used to be close to the church and just kind of going out there and be like, hey, like, yeah. how are you? Um, like, what's going on? Not not always trying to, you know, beat them over the head with the Bible or anything, just like, hey, I love you. I'm here for you. How can I help you? And a lot of times they, if they are really struggling, they'll ask me how I get through similar situations or how I have. And that's kind of the chance that you get to kind of talk about the church and the fellowship and people that you have in your life. And obviously uh, talk about what your relationship with Jesus is like and how there's um, solid ground and sturdiness there and how whatever their situation is, how you kind of deal with it, with how, how your relationship is with, with, with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. I mean, it sounds like you kind of have to uh, be a little bit bold in some of your evangelism and, and just kind of step out, like you said. And uh, I mean, I think being a, a college athlete, you know, kind of allows you to have a little bit of that courage that maybe some of those other folks may not. And that X factor within you that, you know what, I've been hitting the head. I, I'm, I've run through a hole where there was no hole and, and I'm not really worried about talking to somebody and asking them to come to church. You know, that's a small thing to me uh, to be afraid of. So that's cool that you press through that. I mean, what, you know, kids nowadays, if you're, that's who our audience is, you know, the ones that are there now playing and, and I'm sure you're still connected with, you're still around the program and you're involved, but you know, what's, what's kind of the, the main struggle or challenge you're seeing with, with them now, you know, I mean, you're not real far removed, but again, it's been a little while since you've been there. What, what are, what, what's the biggest challenge for those athletes that are trying to maintain their faith? Um, I think it's, it's more so even when I was there that some of these kids are put on this pedestal. Uh, and they've got this direct access with, with social media to things that um, was just really becoming a thing when I was there. And so the, the outside influence is easier. It's more, it's louder. Um, everybody thinks that, that you ought to listen to them. And just for those guys that are in those locker rooms, a lot of times they're, they're the minority. Um, even in uh, a place like Oklahoma where you think Bible Belt, um, it's, you know, I think, I think, there's, there's a lot of attacks, especially on college campuses, um, mm -hmm. on some of the Christian values. And so these guys are a lot of times in hostile environments that used to not be. And so they've got, uh, and they're expected to be a voice. And, and there's a lot of times whenever you're expected to be a voice, people always think that you need to say whatever they're saying. And so uh, these guys definitely have a lot of things going on and um, a lot of outside influences that are coming in that they've got, that they've got to deal with. Um, and they've got to kind of either find something in, inside of them or some other group of guys and, and listen to 
make sure to listen to the right people and the right things and, and really focus on that and, and let go of some of the other stuff that's coming from the outside. It is. Yeah. And I would imagine there there's probably, I mean, I I've experienced this myself, but I can imagine maybe sometimes you feel like you're leading a split life where in the locker room, you know, you may feel like you got to kind of conform to that environment. Right. And then you come out and you go to FCA meeting and you're this guy. And I yeah. get that. It's, it's, I understand that that's human nature sometimes, but, um, you have any encouragement for someone like that that might be standing straddling that fence and feeling tugged between two worlds, like how to how to be an influencer in that environment of a locker room where they feel like, like you said, hostile territory in the minority, but but how can they maybe influence that environment versus you know vice versa? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you for for myself, it's just kind of uh, my own journey. I wasn't always in uh, strong in my faith in, in college. I made a lot of mistakes and. Um, when I was towing that line, uh, a lot of times it was, it did feel very kind of hypocritical, right? Like you just, uh, I think the Christian faith is one of a little bit of hypocrisy because we're aiming after Jesus and none of us get there. Right. Yeah, and so, yeah. and so we all fall short and, and uh, a lot of people try to poke that at, at us and like, Hey, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. And I think it's mm -hmm. important to give yourself some grace and mercy that, uh, Jesus died for you and that God has given you that grace and mercy too. Um, and know that it's okay to be mad and upset at yourself or something like that, but then, uh, or stuck in some of that sin, but then know that it's also not okay for you to stay there uh, and know that it's, it's more about the journey uh, than it is about any kind of, uh, I don't want to say that, that kind of that faith moment or something isn't important, but definitely the journey with God walking hand in hand, that relationship is what uh, Christianity is all about. <laughs> and so there's going to be days that, that you lose, that you know that you had bad that you didn't do well, you didn't live up to what your your own expectations and what God expectations are for you, but know that you just got to work on them. Um, I think that the transition for me is uh, one thing that always helped me kind of less so that I did in, in college that I did more in the professionals is that in pro ball, you see guys jump around constantly, right? So there's a lot more transition week to week, day to day. Um, I always just kind of thought and was challenged uh, for my pro career because uh, people would always at, come in, ask about this person, ask about that person. I was like, when, when somebody asks about me, are they, is one of the first things that somebody says is that I'm a Christian or I'm, you know, salt of the earth is what a lot of people say or oh, yeah. things like that, you know? And it's like, that was really a challenge for me to make sure that um, the things that I'm talking about, uh, the things that I'm engaging in, things I'm excited about uh, in the locker room uh, are things that show my values and my faith and that, so much so that without telling, without walking up to people and say, Hey, my name is Trey, I'm a Christian. People just know that about me because of the way that I'm living my life, you know? Uh, and so I was challenged with that definitely more uh, later on in my football career and something that I kind of wish I'd done a little bit earlier. That's a real good answer. I like that because I think you're speaking to a vast group of people when you talk about you weren't perfect, you know, you felt like you were towing the line and you really, I mean, we're always striving to be more like Jesus, but of course no one's ever going to get there. And so sometimes I think people feel like they've got this inflated view of what their life as a Christian is supposed to look like. And then when they don't hit that, right, then they just kind of throw the towel and they say, well, I can't do this. But what you're saying, I like, because you're saying it's just progression and it's a journey. Was there, a, so you said you weren't necessarily always in that in the boat, you know, and, and always in that, uh, kind of living the example, uh, was there a moment through your college career that you, 
maybe the light went on. Was there something that happened or was there just a, a moment in the mirror where you had to get real with yourself and make a decision? Okay. I'm either going to do this or I'm not like, what, it, what was that for you? Yeah. So I kind of always grew up in the church. Uh, I'd say a lot of, a lot of it in high school and beforehand was kind of, uh, you know, my mom's faith that I was just kind of tagging along for running her coat strings for, you know, like I felt like this was always something that, you know, I was going to be a Christian and, uh, yada yada but I wasn't really taking it it wasn't mine so yeah. to speak and so uh, we after my sophomore year went on a mission trip to Haiti uh, and Kent was on that uh, Kent Bowles was on that trip um, and throughout that I just uh, at the end of the, that trip I kind of rededicated, rededicated myself uh, my life to Jesus and um, I wish even from then it would have been a, a 180 right where it's just like all those bad habits uh, take a while to kill sometimes and so uh, I just had a new um, much more personal. Uh, it was my walk. It was my relationship with Jesus. Uh, and he was in my life personally for me versus kind of, I was in it for someone else or this or that. So it was, that I was definitely kind of a turning point for me. And it's been a, a long road since then of, uh, continuing that journey. But, um, yeah, that'd be the moment. Yeah, that's good. And, and I, you know, not to put words in your mouth, but I guess I would assume you would tell somebody who maybe doesn't have the luxury of going on a mission trip, right. Or hasn't been there, but, what you're saying is, you know, it had to become, you had to own it. Like yeah. your faith had to be yours. You had to put your stamp on it. You had to grab a hold of it uh, and jump in with both feet as uh, being your faith, your relationship. Cause you know, we know that this walk in our Christian life is about a relationship and not about religion, right? It's not about rituals and those kinds of things. So yeah, to have the relationship, you sort of have to engage to any, in any relationship. So like you made it your own. And I, I like what you said, because think there are people now that are struggling with that like they they went to church their whole life and now they're in college right and their parents you know set the right example they got them in the right environments and now they're off they're out out of the nest right but they they feel disconnected because they haven't done what you just said and and taken ownership of their faith and what was that i mean is that a process would you tell somebody or is that something that you just it's just as simple as making a choice to walk it out I, mean, I think it's different for everybody. Uh, I mean, right? Everybody's Jesus. Jesus is so much that he's different to, to everybody, and sure. everybody's relationship with him is unique. And that's um, one thing that's special about God and how he chooses to enter us. And one thing that's so important about fellowship and being around other people is that uh, it's kind of like God's an ocean, and we all took a different cup in in the ocean. And oh, so, yeah. when you get together, you can see what other, what what God's done in other people's life, or maybe he's the good, good father to somebody. And maybe he's the provider and maybe he's security to somebody else in ways that he hasn't been in my life, that he's going to be different in other people's life. And just seeing how he um, blesses those who in different ways and, and seeing just the fullness of God and something we can't compare even with, with a fellowship and group around us, but we can see more of him through more people that we've got around him. Um, and I think kind of your point that, that there's definitely an ownership that, um, comes with 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 leaving high school to be kind of out on your own with with um uh, in football and 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 in athletics a lot of people kind of find that in that first that first semester right they come out they're no longer the guy right especially at OU you don't OU without really being the guy in high school um and so a lot of people go through that originally that it's almost an identity crisis right we're 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 kind of put and focused so much on football. Society tells us that we're football players, right? We're, we're not student athletes or we're athletes first. No questions about it. And so 
I didn't really find, hit that, but I've seen a lot of other guys struggle with that. And I've seen guys who struggled, who made millions of dollars. And then now that they're 38 and have made so much money, they still are struggling with not being a football player anymore. Um, and I was kind of blessed a couple of times in my career to kind of go through some injury uh, where my faith wasn't strong after my freshman year, even though I was, had all success in the world where uh, my life seemed extremely dark, where I wasn't doing football, um, deal with a lot of depression, anxiety, and things like that. Uh, to where happened as a senior and lost a ton of money and one injury went from being, I'm going to for sure get drafted. I'm number one yeah. fullback in the country for two years. Right. Um, and now I may not get drafted at all. Um, and being way more content in that loss in that second uh, injury than I was in the first, just because I knew that uh, my anchor was in the Lord and that I was a Christian and that he was going to have me uh, no matter what. And if I had played my last snap of football, then, um, I guess let's, what's next, right? Because I knew at some point that was going to happen. It was his timing, and uh, he kind of humbled me down and be like, "All right, Lord, like this is this is yours. This is your career. Uh, I, I'd love to keep playing football, but um, it's this is this is I'm trying. I'm giving myself away to you. This isn't my identity. This isn't who I am. Um, do with it as you please." Yeah, you know, those two different mindsets and. Uh, those two different relationships with Jesus, uh, really not having one and with being surrounded by him and being anchored to him, just completely changed a very similar situation. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the guy you're talking to right now, the, you know, when you mentioned the 38-year-old the who had all the success in sports and all the money but still can't wrap their brain around the fact that they were defined by who they were as a player – you know, and yeah. not a person or, or a Christian or whatever. But so that person that's sitting here now that could be that guy in, you know, 20 years, I would hope a light goes on with them. And and I would hope that, because we have a lot of people that are in that, it's not, it's not going to happen to me syndrome kind of thing, you know, so nobody thinks they're going to get injured. I mean, nobody expects that. Of course you can't predict it, but man, there ought to be a contingency and there also ought to be kind of one of those things that drives you or defines you more than that. And like you yeah. said, like you, you knew the second time, like, if I get hurt, this isn't, my life isn't over because there's way more to me than what's, you know, what helmet I'm wearing. And, and so I hope somebody hears that. I hope, hope somebody gets it. And, and we're not saying don't strive to go, you know, crazy and play 20 years in the NFL. Like that's awesome that go yeah. do that. But, but I think, you know, let your foundation be to your foundation and be in the right place. So uh, yeah, good if advice. That's all, it is, if that's all it is for you is that is is football and this or that. Your life's not. It's never going to like complete you or make you feel fulfilled or whole. It's still uh, a game, and I think it's the best game in the world. But it's still not your life's yeah. purpose. Yeah, and I hope we didn't steal the next question because it sounds like we might uh -oh. be going into that. But you know, if you were so, I ask everybody this, and and I wonder what you would say, but to yourself, sitting across the table from you. Uh, from yourself as an incoming freshman to Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma as a football player, what do you wish somebody would have told you about the experience and and then maybe just about life in general? So what, what would you wish kind of you would have had a little bit of a heads up on or advice you would give yourself if you were sitting across from yourself? Um, I think they're kind of somewhat similar. Uh, my answer is just I, I feel like I wasted a lot of time in college with shallow things that weren't going to last, whether it be relationships, activities, like yeah. um, just people who I knew um, I wasn't going to be with friends, friends with for very long or going out to the bars all the time or this or that. Like 
none of those memories like are really that good three or four years past right it's all empty it's all shells it's not really anything that's lasting and so i know and um i wish i wouldn't have wasted so much time doing those kind of things uh and i wish i would have in retrospect done a lot more time um using the platform that i was given to go out and and speak and change uh, do more fcas and do um uh, <clears throat> you know talk to talk to more churches and do camps and this or that and so um definitely that's one of i don't it is a regret that I didn't that I didn't do that, and I wish I would have told myself beforehand that you know some of these friends that you're spending time with are just shallow, and even people that are really close to you are just close to you because of football, and uh, it can even be teammates and this or that. It's just um, <laughs> make sure those relationships are built around other things, and, yeah. and that those people are um, helping lift you up and uh, are real friends. And, and and it's it's hard to tell. It really is. And it's. Um, it's one of the hardest things and especially if you're looking for a, a spouse uh in the midst of all that it's it can be pretty terrifying but just make sure that you guys are circled and, and surrounded by something that's not just football and it's not things of the world because all that stuff perishes yeah yeah and being a being an athlete to that level in that on that campus and many other campuses throughout the country um you don't know who, like you said, you don't really know who you can trust, who your real friends, because there's people that are just, they put you on this, you're this superhero, right? You're this untouchable, this athlete, this superstar. And so you just don't know. And so I'm glad you said that because I hope people are, there's a criteria that people can use when they're filtering relationships, filtering entertainment, filtering, you know, just that one split second of gratification, maybe that, man could either become a regret or just become fleeting and, and vanish the next moment. So yeah, do something what you're saying, do something and invest in the things that have longevity uh, and, and even, you know, eternal value more yeah. importantly, um, man, it's been good stuff. I have one more for you okay. and we're going to, I'm going to have you complete a sentence for me. Um, I know I made an impact in the lives of my teammates because so this one probably goes more let's say not necessarily just faith-wise but um I'd say because of the way the guys talk to me that we've talked since football uh, and, and what i mean by that is i just had lunch with a, a guy the other day who um, was one of the guys i'm kind of sharing faith with again and this and that but um he always just talks about uh how much i cared about um, this just the program and how much of a leader I was as far as making sure that everybody around us was doing the right things on the football field uh, and the passion that I played the game um, and just knowing that like getting 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 become a, a a captain was a big deal and that those guys always talk about how not only how I played but how I practiced and how I kind of lived um, the football player that I was and so um, I think people have kind of seen that I just care and have that passion and just um like I said going back and wish more of it I would have been more vocal and more out about um the things and had some things more figured out in my own life because I think I could have used that impact more for Christ but um that's in the past now and uh just kind of have to live with that but I know that uh I got I gained a lot of respect um with players whoever I see just not only in my talent because uh you can't always choose how much talent you have, but uh, in the work ethic that I had and not just 
the worth it, but just never being late, uh, never missing a mental assignment, um, always being on top of the game and make sure I didn't let other guys down on the team. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so, you know, I, when you're talking and I can hear it in your voice when you say some of the things you wish you might have done different and, you know, even the regret word. But uh, I, I mean, I, I think it's relatable to know people when they hear what you say. I think it's relatable to them and it's tangible to look at you and go, well, okay, I mean, he made mistakes and it's not excusing or giving somebody a pass to just go live. And then later you can say, oh, I wish I hadn't have done that. But it's, it's one of those things that could potentially empower somebody to go, okay, starting now, like I know I wasn't perfect. I know I'm still not, and I never will be, but starting now I can take steps in the right direction. I can make those changes. Right. And, and I can make, I can just go a different way. So I think it's good for people to hear that from you. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's, obviously you you still talk to him but you never know who's watching either like yeah. some of the people you may not have sat at the lunch table with every day you know might have still if i called them right now whoever they are probably would have memories of you just like you described saying work ethic always on time always encouraging you know doing what he's supposed yeah. to do you're, keeping his head you're building, down. you're building a legacy and just knowing that um that part of my legacy was uh, just the way that I cared about my teammates and cared about that team, but just knowing that it could have been uh, more in some cases it was more, but knowing that I had more opportunities that where, where it could have been and just knowing, telling guys now that are in the, those positions that uh, the legacy that you're, you're going to get pass on to your kids and that you're going to have for wearing that uniform. That's, it's getting built every single day and your decisions and what you do on a Friday night, Saturday night, and what you do on a Sunday morning, right. Or Wednesday night at church and this or that. So yeah, those decisions and that legacy is getting built. Um, whether or not you, you want it to, or whether or not you're doing it the way that you want to, it's still going to get a, a legacy still going to get built and you're going to get remembered for um, who you were at, as a football player at the university of Oklahoma or wherever you're at. Uh, and if you're not an athlete, you're still building a legacy right now, right? Like this is, this does, this, I know this podcast is aimed at athletes and college athletes that, um, but really everyone, I'm, I'm building a legacy yeah. right now for my kids uh, in the industry that I'm in, or, I mean, yeah. as, as are you and as with this podcast, right? We're all building these, yeah. these little legacies and we're going to get up to, to heaven one day and it's all going to be up there. And uh, I always kind of have this when, I, when I'm speaking, people ask about, um, some of the things I'm like, if, if, if all I'm known for with is when I get to heaven is football, it's like, what a completely wasted life. You know, like if you're sitting around a campfire in heaven and you're talking about the earth and what you guys did in your previous life, which I don't think, I don't know if that's a real scenario or not, but it's like, right. you're not going to go talk to somebody who planted a thousand churches and saved a million lives and be like, Hey, remember that one play I had at Texas? Like it just, it, it just fails in comparison to know the internal attitude of what uh, happens for the kingdom is what really, really matters. And so yeah. um, football is just uh, at the end of the day, a, a tool uh, that I go back to now in my career uh, and my name, which is, is just kind of silly. It's like if I played any other sport in the state of Oklahoma, like if I was a fencer or this or that, like it wouldn't have mattered. Like, you know, so it's, it's just thanking God for the opportunity to give me this platform and knowing that it's my responsibility back to him for those talents and those gifts to, to give it back to him, all to him. Yeah. Man, good. Well said. And, and man, for that 18, 19 year old that's listening, you know, and I, it's hard for them to wrap their brain around it. I mean, I get it. There's, you feel good, you know, you're, you're a superstar right now, but, but hopefully what Trey has said 
has kind of kept you a little grounded and forced you to look a little bit closer at yourself and get some different perspective on something down the road and not just what's in front of you right now, because we can all get locked into to that laser vision and, and just not seeing, you know, outside of where we are right now. But um, yeah, know that those moments matter and know that someone's always watching and man, Trey, on behalf of the audience, I, I mean, I really appreciate you making time. It's been great to hear from you. It's great to hear your heart and to see, uh, you know, you be transparent about who you were and who you sort of became along the journey, which shows growth. And so audience, I hope that was a blessing. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it until next time. He's been Trey Millard and we've been last in line. Be blessed. I don't want to be anything other than what I've been trying to be lately. Oh.